0: Welcome to MLR Kickoff, Episode
1: 9. This week, we're back with Dan Power and Pete Steinberg. Pete, MLR Kickoff, it's the off-season edition. How are you, my friend? It's been a couple of months. I've uh, climbed out of the cave. I've had a shave. I've thrown off, you know, the summer clothes, getting ready for winter. How have you been, and what's going on in the world of Pete Steinberg?
0: I've been great, um, you know, traveling as I always do, but uh, um, enjoying my first real summer in Colorado. So it turns out it's sunny here and it's 100 degrees, but even when it's 100 degrees, it doesn't feel that hot. So really enjoying the summer that that us Coloradians, Dan, enjoy. Yeah,
1: it has been a great summer up here. And uh, you've been pretty busy in the, uh, we'll call it the off-season with your travel, uh, other work duties, get you going around the world. What's the hot tip for all our traveling fans out there today?
0: Well, you know, I'm actually calling in from Aspen today, from Ruggerfest. I uh, played with the over 45s of the Misfits, thanks to the great work of Whitey Nelson. And um, I was in Philadelphia doing... uh, I was actually in Wilmington, Delaware. I had to fly back from Philadelphia doing work. And when I looked at flights that I could buy on one airline, I think, you know, it was 800 bucks to fly to Aspen from Philadelphia. But what I ended up doing was I broke my trip into two. So I flew from um, Philadelphia to Denver on on American, and then I flew from uh, Denver to Aspen on United and halved the cost. So my travel tip is, if you're looking and, and you have to make a connection somewhere, don't just stick with one airline. See if you can get the deal with um, splitting it into two different airlines. And there are some websites now like Kite that will do that for you, but they don't always do it in the best way.
1: Well, for the normal people out there who don't get to fly to Aspen, uh, maybe that tip goes over your head. But uh, for the upper crust of society, they'll appreciate the uh, the point of there, Pete. Now, the off-season, it's been full of news. We're going to touch on quite a bit of it here today mainly the moves being made out on the East Coast. We knew Rooney was coming in, but boy, Pete, they've come in with a bang. And part of that is their new general manager who was announced earlier this year, a good friend of yours, James English. What can you tell us about Mr. English and the job that he's done so far out in New York?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, I know James because he worked in the eighth grade programs with in the women's pathway when I was with the women's national team. He has a great pedigree. Um, he basically runs his own event business. Um, he runs it back in Ireland and the UK and also in New York. But I'm sure he's putting that aside to focus on being general manager of Rooney. He has a, um, a great rugby coaching pedigree. He coached in some of the top schools in Ireland and then um, actually coached the uh, New York women to the w um in in an upset of glendale which is a bit of a um maybe a precursor to what happened dan for major league rugby um upset glendale in the wpl final so he has a very very strong rugby pedigree as well as a strong business side
1: yeah i called that game down in tucson arizona new york came back over the favored raptors and uh Got a chance to meet James down there, very level-headed gentleman, and one of his big signings thus far has been the head coach role, and he is Tab's former national team USA Eagles men's coach, Mike Tolkien, and you'd have to say, Pete, not a surprising choice considering Mike standing in the game domestically, in particular in the New York area.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the rumor was Mike was in and then Mike is out and then Mike is in. But it made too much sense for this not to happen because in New York, you've got three or four different clubs that actually don't get on that well. In particular... Niac and old blue but you've also got the new york rugby club and village lions and new jersey you've got morris you've got all these groups and what we saw in the first season of major league rugby dan is that the teams that really leverage their local rugby community are the teams that really did well and i think mike is one of the few people that can cut across some of those political boundaries those club histories and i think that's going to be really really important for new york
1: Yeah, I was coached by Mike. Uh, He was coached for the USA side, but he was also the head coach at the New York Athletic Club going back a few years now. He's certainly a player's coach, tries to enable his squad to lead themselves, make decisions within the parameters of his coaching philosophy. So... He is slowly going along with James English, putting together a side. A recent signing, not surprisingly, a young man that he's had a huge influence on his career is Seamus Kelly, the former Xavier, Cal, Nyack, and USA player. Not a surprising signing there. The big two, though, coming from overseas is Ben Fodden and Cathal Marsh. Uh, Two great signings. How do you see their impact coming over from Europe here to play next year?
0: Well, I think that's right. I mean, you know, so for Ben Ben Foden, he's a guy who's played over 30 times for England. Um, he played over 200, I think maybe over, over 250 times um, for Northampton. So this guy is a really, really quality player. And sort of, you know, for me, the first real splashy signing that Major League Rugby has had, right? We're bringing someone in who's a real star from overseas and someone who still had still has gas in the tank and could have kept playing. But I think what's interesting, and I think this is going to be, you know, we're going to hear this from New York a lot. I think this was actually much more of a family decision because Ben Foden's wife is someone called Una Healy. And Una Healy is, is um, in the girl group, The Saturdays. So I think that coming to New York is something where it'll probably help both of their careers. And I think that we'll see that a lot where people end up coming to New York for what you know for rugby but actually for a little bit more than rugby and i think the um you know i'm sure ben and his wife sat down and said hey this is probably good for your to career your career let's go to new york i can play some rugby and then you can see what can happen um with your singing
1: career you uh you got one of the songs for us Peter? you sing a little bit now
0: i absolutely do not know any songs of the sad days but it sounds like you do dan
1: no, not off the top of my head. Let me uh, get on the old Google here when we finish, and maybe uh, in the next show I can belt out a few tunes from the Saturday. Maybe we can have the Saturdays leaders in for the MLR kickoff.
0: And and, and for Cathal, so, so sorry Dan, but for Cathal Marsh, I think the interesting is it's a it's um you know another foreign fly half. This is someone that came up through the Leinster Academy, um, former Ireland U twenty. Uh, played for Leinster 26 times and has played in the Champions Cups. This is a quality player, but he's 26 and was released by Leinster this summer. And I think we're going to see, first, particularly for the, sort of the spine of the teams, right? So, you know, maybe the tight heads, maybe the eights, nines and tens. We're going to see some of these, we're going to see Major League Rugby be a place that people can, um, uh, you know, can... Uh, can continue their rugby career and maybe follow in the, you know, the footsteps of AJ McGinty, who came over to the US to basically restart his professional career and then go back.
1: Well, that's the thing you mentioned, Pete. He's only twenty six. Spent five good seasons with Leinster. He comes over. Uh, Foden, obviously, at the other end of the scale, at thirty three, probably at the back end of his career, won't be looking to make a move back to Europe unless injuries or. You know, something bizarre necessitate that move. But uh, for Marsh, yeah, I think the A.J. McGinty formula may have opened a lot of eyes for people coming over here, doing well, now doing even better for the Sales Sharks as well. So those were some big signings. He's got a coach. He's got some players going in. They'll get some players back. There was quite a few that were loaned out this year. Uh, Marcus Walsh to Austin, Dylan Fawcett the Glendale, two that jumped straight uh, to the front. You've also got to remember, and this will be an interesting one to monitor, Pete, there were three or four guys who went to San Diego from Old Bloom, in particular Dolan, Mattias, and Augsburger. Uh, Papura as well. Didn't play much this year, Tony Papura, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. But there could be a lot of players moving back to the Big Apple. It is a very attractive place to live and play rugby. Right, and, and of
0: course, the owner is James Kennedy, an Irishman himself, and has, um You know, former U.S. coach Eddie O'Sullivan is on board as an advisor. And, you know, I think there could be as much as, you know, six or even seven Irish-born players that would be suiting up for Rooney. But, of course, people like Dylan Fawcett are U.S. eligible. And so I think that that'll be some of the interesting balance. You know, there's still some question about the um, number of foreign players. And Major League Rugby is following the MLS model for foreign players which allows teams to actually trade their spots so that's why Seattle was one of the teams that was able to have so many Canadians play because they were able to get their spots from other teams so I expect the room to have a very Irish influence and of course they actually have a strong South African influence with a new forwards coach Keys Lenzing who has come on board um, to join Mike Tolkien. And he's been a really amazing pickup. I'm not sure how much you know about, and I think it might be Kies. I think that might actually be the pronunciation, but I'm not sure how much you know know about Kies, Dan, but really, really strong pedigree.
1: Yeah, played international rugby for Namibia. Did keys, and uh, he's a big man, obviously, played through Europe as well. I believe he spent some time uh, with the Sharks down in Natal and the Blue Bulls. So definitely an experienced guy. But Pete, New York, not the only team making moves this offseason. A couple of surprising ones coming out of San Diego as GM Matt Hawkins. He is showing the door, and Ashley Ott comes in. And Scott Murray replaces Chris Cracknell out there as well as the forwards coach. What are your thoughts on those moves out of San Diego?
0: Well, so I think what's really interesting about this for me is that we're talking about two of the teams that are probably de- in destination locations, right? So what we're really talking about is you, if you say to someone, hey, would you like to move to New York and play slash coach rugby or would you like to move to San Diego? Slash play, you know, coach slash play rugby. You're going to get some positive responses, right? So I think that what we're seeing here, like, so Keir's Lensing actually is in New York because of his wife's job, and I think that we're going to see places like New York and San Diego benefit by by it being a a destination. And I I, I agree with you. I think you know it was interesting to see um, Matt Hawkins leave. I, he was obviously really critical to what he did, although knowing Matt. Um, you know, I'm not sure if he. If, I don't know if he was shown the door or, or if he took the door. Um, but they, you know, the San Diego backers are one of the few teams that aren't that are backed by money that is not necessarily sort of what we would call local rugby money. So they've brought in Ashley Art as a general manager, who's really a brand guy, right? So he was the uh, um, general manager of Powder, which is a um, which is a skiing um, uh, magazine. He's got strong backgrounds in uh, sponsorship um, and in sport. So not a rugby guy, but definitely someone that can help build the brand of the San Diego Legion.
1: Yeah. And you look at powder magazine too. It appeals to that, uh, you know, that action sport genre, which, you know, rugby does flirt with at times, especially here in the U S and so I. Oh, uh, that marketing background that he has and the ability at uh, a magazine setting to sell advertising is critical and he was very successful there. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what the changes will be in San Diego. I know you and I were with some of the San Diego Legion backers uh, after the final and they were quite disappointed that they weren't in the final. Um, and it was not – not the type of disappointment that was like, oh, you know, we could we could have been here, It was we should have been here. Why are we not here? So not surprised that they are making some moves and shaking things up out there. And it's great. The league's going to get stronger and stronger, Pete. The pressure's on Seattle now to perform next year.
0: Absolutely. And I think Scott Murray is an interesting um, addition. You know, uh, 80, more than 80 caps for... Um, for Scotland, a very long, you know, um, sort of fifteen, sixteen-year um, uh, professional career has has played a lot, has played around the world, and you know the chat You know, the big challenge that um, San Diego had was in the scrum, but you you and I both know that there were some long term plans that coaches that the coaches out in San Diego had with their props. They weren't necessarily putting in their best props for the game. They were looking to build and develop those props for the future, but maybe they weren't connected with the owners and maybe that was a um, a, a, big, uh, a big issue. But I thought Chris Cracknell did a good job. He's a very good coach and I'm sure we'll see him coaching somewhere in the US um, or hopefully in the US um, over the next year.
1: Yeah, he did a good job at turning around the fortunes of that forward pack from week one where they – did not have a great outing up against that Seattle scrum and then uh, slowly but surely brought those young players along. That's the challenge, isn't it, Pete? You coach for a long time. You build a squad, but there's no guarantee you'll get to see that squad through. Uh, we've become such a win-now mentality, not only as fans, but like you said, as backers as well, the team, the club. It's become uh, a little, little more pressure-filled for the coaching role to – Instead of pick and stick, uh, it's more or less you've got to win right now. So you put the players in there that are going to get the job done now and the future is going to be someone else's problem.
0: That's right. And I think it's part of the... Um, we're going to see this happen more and more as Major League Rugby matures. And I think we're going to see it more and more happen um, as, as the game in America matures. I think that we're going to become more results-based. I think that um, the relationships that we have and being a good rugby guy is probably not going to be enough. And I know... I, I feel like that's sad, but I, but I also, you know, this is a, this is going to be people that are putting their money in to get performance, and uh, that's what they're going to have to do.
1: Hundred percent, couldn't agree more. Let's get a soundbite here. Let's clip this one. Uh, who wins two thousand and nineteen? Now you've looked at this and come through. We'll do it right here, September two thousand and eighteen. But who's going to win next year? If you had to put a bet on right now, who's it on? You know what? If I had to put a bet on right now. I think I would put a
0: bet on Rooney. I mean, I think that I have, you know, James is a very capable guy. Um, They're really working hard to get a great venue, which is one of the things that I think we've really showed to be important, the teams that had great venues. So, you know, I think they were looking at Staten Island, but I don't think that's going to happen. So they're looking for a really iconic venue in New York. And I believe they're going to be making an announcement in the next week or two about that venue. Um, and then, you know, there's rumours of other teams being, coming in that it's going to be a nine-team league and, you know, whether that's Ontario, which is sort of the strong rumour, we don't know yet. Um, but I actually think, like New York, I think Mike Tolkien's a great proven coach. Um, he's certainly a great, a great proven club coach. And they're going to have quality up and down. And, you know, we don't know what the other squads look like. I, you know, rumours of turnover at Houston um, and, and new players coming in and coming out, Seattle was one of the oldest teams in the league, so they're they 're going to have to make some changes, and they 're probably going to have to bring in a new coach so I know i mean i'm you know I think Rooney would be the the uh the, the dark horse of an expansion team taking the title. What do you think Dan?
1: well, I hate to be boring, but i'm kind of leaning towards the uh the Steinberg wisdom here. I mean, English is a proven winner. Tolkien is a proven winner. The signing of Foden Marsh just gets me excited. That's it's the back backbone to a very good spine. There, you've got a great ten, a great fifteen. I think with Lensing coaching the forward pack, he's done a lot at the scrum in his coaching and defense have been his two big, you know, fortes in the coaching world thus far. And we saw a new one, how important the scrum was. So they should be dialed in. There's just something about New York. I mean, yeah, so, too- so I'm, I'm, I'm
0: going to prevaricate a little bit here because I think there's one team that could make a significant step forward, and that team is Glendale. But I think the challenge for Glendale is, while they were the most organized team coming in, they are probably one of the teams that are most semi-pro. Because their players have played there for a number of years, many of them have jobs, they don't train as much. So I think Glendale could make a big step forward, but I think they would have to completely change the way they run their club. And I'm not sure that that's something that's even possible for them to do. So I would say that probably Glendale and New York would be the two teams that I would look for, but coming from very, very different places.
1: I just... I look at the turnover we've seen thus far, and maybe some of the players will come back. But I go through that squad that played in the final, and you look at the players who won't be there. There's no guarantee that Fennolio will be back. That'll be a huge loss. He's on the fence right now with what he's going to do next year. Fawcett has gone back to New York, so both your hookers are gone. Landry's gone. Casey Rock, there was some issues towards the back end of the year with him and the club. He may not be back which is a big missing part of that line-out. Pete Dahl, again, who knows? He's uh, up there in years, may not be back. Bryce Campbell's gone. Landry's gone. Sam Fig will not be back at the Raptors as well. That's another big loss for them. There's a lot of holes here.
0: Okay, so so I'm now going to retract my last statement. It's just Rooney. I don't think – think uh-huh. Miguel- You know, Glendale are going to have to be very smart to be able to come in. I mean, it's going to be a really exciting season because there's going to be so much change. You know, we look at Utah. They lose their fly half and their inside center and two of their most um, competitive people. Like, you know, what's going to happen to the Canadians that are in Seattle if Ontario comes on board? I'm sure that they're going to want to go there. So, you know, do they lose players like Phil Mack? Um, Lots of change in Houston. Uh, You know, Austin's been pretty stable, so that that might be an interesting team that starts out. And, of course, an expanded season. So what we're looking at is eight home games and eight away games, and that's really going to test the depth of these teams. And that's where I go back to the teams that really have good local connections, the teams that have good local rugby will be able to pull on quality players when they need them in that 16-game season.
1: You're right. It becomes more of a war of attrition now. It was almost this season gone, it was a race, wasn't it? It almost felt like it was finals rugby from week one as it was that race the playoffs. You could I I remember talking to players throughout the year when we'd be sitting down with them and they'd be saying you know, we kind of penciled these games and we can't lose this because we'd lose touch. There was two, three games. Oh, if we lose, you're out. We saw Austin, Utah. Uh, to a lesser extent, San Diego, you know, New Orleans, they're all racing at the end there, kind of counting their losses, whether or not they could mathematically made it, make it. And it made for an exciting season. That's going to be gone with this home and away 16 games. Now you get into the grind. You're going to see teams jump out early. It's going to be tough for the the Roonies of the world who are probably going to be on the road, um, probably Glendale as well, Utah, on the road a little bit, tough weather, January, February. Can they survive the early travel, the onslaught? And then what do they do with that home stretch coming back? Is the damage already done or can they, you know, squeak it out and then you start all over again like we saw this year with finals rugby? Is it January yet, Pete? Can it be January already? <laughs> well, you
0: know, and, of course, we're going to have some challenges with an international window that's going to pop up in February and March, so we're going to be back in the space of who has the depth who has some of the players that are able to fill in when their internationals are away. And of course, coming up, we actually have, I think, one of the more exciting falls of international rugby for the men's Eagles um, and for the women's Eagles that we have had um, maybe ever. It's an
1: exciting time, and that's uh, starting with the APC coming up. I'm glad you mentioned that because 19 of the 27 squad named by USA Rugby have Major League Rugby ties. That number could be increasing here over the next few weeks, but we'll touch on that on another show. It's going to be a good one. It was a good blooding last year. We saw some players down there get a shot for the first time. And uh, for Gary Gold and his team, a chance to look from afar as Scott Lawrence takes the reins down there. I believe he did the same thing last year as well. So it'll be interesting to see. But if we just go through the squad, a couple of uh, new faces in there. And not surprisingly, one that jumped out for me was the Glendale Raptor center slash winger, Mika Kruse, who gets his shot at international rugby and probably well-deserved too, the youngster, 19 years of age, who was one of the real finds of Major League Rugby this year. But Pete, who jumps out on that roster for you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think this is really, it's a, you know, an interesting roster. There's a number of Eagles. I mean, I think um, Dylan Audley is just a really um, uh, quality player. And then um, uh, Hanko Kamashies, who is just, just he's a little bit undersized. That's the only knock against him, but his work rate is so high. Matt Jensen, who I thought just had a phenomenal major league rugby season. And you've already um, pulled up, uh, Cruse, the person that I'm really interested in seeing is um, Holden Younger. Um, you know, the Nola Gold scrum half, I think he's a real quality player. He's, you know, a product of St. Mary's. He came through the collegiate All-American program. Scrum half is one of those positions that we're actually doing pretty well right now as we look to the World Cup in 2019. But when we look beyond that, I think that um, a player like Holden Younger um, is someone that we should really be looking at. And, and also, you know, a guy that started strong in the Major League Rugby season, but came off a little bit is Anthony Salabar. He's a six foot five center. Um, Cow product. And, uh, you know, when he was given the time and space really became a weapon. And then, you know, they lost, um, ended up playing some inside center. And I think it's his natural position. But if he can play a little bit of outside center, I think he's someone that we should really be looking at.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. I really uh, did like the looks of Salabar. Early in the year, I think injuries to the Legion side kind of forced their hand, moving him around. He's a 13. Uh, as a former 10, he's a dream too at 6'5". You know, you can just hit him on a nice little bump line on the outside and that big fend of his, he's going to be a handful down there. Yeah. A couple of interesting ones that jumped out for me. Ty leader gets a shot and also Connor Kearns, uh, the former All-American. Uh, over at Oxford University, plying his trade over there. I, I think that's a good school. I think I've heard it once or twice, maybe a degree in liberal arts or something from Oxford. Not too sure what he's doing. It's actually biological or something. He's not, he's a dead set genius, that kid. But uh, good to see him get a shot. We saw him a little bit for San Diego before he picked up a head knock late in the year. But Ty Leader, he's done his time he was out in St. Louis for an extended period of time. And now he gets his shot as well. I really liked him at the back end of the year for the Legion 2, Pete.
0: Right. And so if you look at the Selects, the Selects are playing a Tonga A, Uruguay 15, and an Argentina 15. So three good quality games. And then if some of these players, which they will get selected up, you know, picked up for the Eagles, they play the Maori, they play Island which is going to be you know, phenomenal. Us playing, we just don't play enough Tier 1 nations. So they'll play the Maui, they'll play Ireland. Um, Romania just announced, and then the rumor is that they're going to play Spain. So they'll actually play a Tier 2 and a Tier 3 country. So we look at that and we say, wow, that's seven international games that some of these players, players can have. And then you add the games that they play, right? So it could be up to 10 games that they played in Major League Rugby. Now we're getting to the point that our players are playing 15 to 20 high-level rugby games, and that's what they need if they want to compete at the, on the international circuit. And, you know, next year with more games um, then, then the World Cup prep, I mean, I am so excited to see what Gary Gold can do with this team. You know, I've sat down with Gary a couple of times. The guy is just a quality coach. He's here for the right reasons. You've seen him. He's been on the road, right, going around, you know, meeting, being in the rugby community, looking for talent, and you know we have a tough fall in 2019, but I think we're going to have one of our better performances as we go to the World Cup in Japan.
1: I hope so. It was announced uh, Samoa in Spain. USA will be playing against uh, Samoa, and it'll be in Spain. So just to make it a little bit more. Oh, there you so
0: go. Well, that's also. I mean, you know, Samoa with their best team is a is a tier one country. Samoa without their best team is a tier two country. So. Um, And lots of issues going on with Samoa and the Pacific Islands right now, but they can be a handful.
1: They certainly can. And that uh, will be all happening coming up here shortly. The APC, I believe, kicks off October 6th, and I'll take on Tonga first. Well, Pete, I think that'll wrap us up for the show here. As the off-season continues, we just inch our way along, seconds feeling like hours, hours like days until we Uh kick off In January, we'll be back, I believe, uh, maybe at the end of this month, maybe early next month. We'll just keep you guys guessing, and uh, we'll have some more updates about Major League Rugby, but make sure you keep on the socials to keep up with that. Of course, Major League Rugby doing a great job on there with all their news as well, all the teams doing a great job as well. Big shout-out to the Houston Sabercats, who've just been absolute stars on Major Major League Rugby, on social media this year. So let's make sure let's, you know, subscribe on Google Play
0: or um, iTunes or whatever your uh, podcast system is and then it will pop up next time you see it. Please give a review. Um, reviews give us a chance to move up the rankings. Uh, please Any comments, uh, we will um, consider reading out as long as we can.
1: <laughs> Certainly Well, That wraps it up, folks. For obviously, Pete Steinberg for our producer, Aaron Castro. Dan Power signing off. Until next time, thanks for stopping by.